Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Hey, John. I'm speaking on behalf of Power Athlete Nation. <laughs> hey, that's always good. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Premier Podcast on Strength Conditioning, Power Athlete Radio. You're welcome. Man, I'm really excited about doing some alterations to this podcast room. I got like I did some sketches, man. I got some really cool stuff I'm gonna come out with. I can't wait either. I know. I'm excited. I know you're you the, should, you should I be excited. just had flashbacks back in 2014 when I was with the Ruiz every three weeks. We had to reorganize the weight room. Oh, boy. Keep things fresh for the athletes. No, I, That was a lot of weight. I think, uh, you know what? I got some cool sketches. I got some good ideas. I put up one of the skulls uh, from one of the deer that I shot. Actually, the first deer I ever shot here on this property. So I got some other ones. I got a pritching, pretty bitching uh, hog skull. And I got a, I got two more deer skulls. So How I'm, would you describe? Is that a English? Set up? How would no, you that's describe? called that's called a European mount. European. That's what yeah, I was a European mount. So, but yeah, no, I got a pretty bitch in ten point that I actually shot right about a hundred yards from this front door, and I'll post him up there pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited. I got to go grab those, but I got some other alterations and some other ideas. Yes, and that cedar plank in which it's on, that's from the ceiling. Uh, no, actually, uh, it, the planks weren't thick enough, and I wanted a thicker plank, ah. so I actually I, I got that from the uh, taxidermist. So I think I'm going to go with some other ones. I saw some other kind of uh, some templates to make them out of metal. So I'm either going to go make them or maybe I'll just buy them because it'll probably be faster than me actually making them. Sweet. So, yeah, we'll do some stuff. But um, enough about us. Enough about the Power Athlete podcast room. Uh, I think we have some questions to answer from the hotline. This question is heavy. John, and it's it's coming from one of your good dear friends. So, you he, know, surprisingly, Stephen and I have talked many times on the phone. Uh, we email, and I've never actually ever met him in person. I, I got to swing by uh, their shop, their shop in Carbondale, uh, Colorado, okay. off road design. But at some point, we'll meet up. Yes, and he's not maybe, holding back. Maybe for this he, one. maybe he'll invite Power Athlete Radio to come on the ultimate off road adventure. Maybe. Why, why don't we just build something and go win it? Well, uh, it's a, it, it's an invite. And by we, I mean you and DJ. <laughs> it's it's an invite only deal. But I think, you know, for answering this question, power athletes should get an invite. And at the very least, we could sponsor and maybe take a vehicle with us. Sweet. And record an episode live. With, oh, with that'd be good. Well, we'll have to bring a four door. So we'll have to get you and DJ because we got to have our mechanic. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> DJ's uh, like, don't worry. I got some bailing wire. I got some chewing gum and I got a, mat, a set of matches. I'll fix it. He is the MacGyver Dude. of he, uh, well, shitty trucks. <laughs> so uh, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, DJ was one of the kids who came with me when we left California. I basically kidnapped him, put him in the truck and brought him with him. And now he works for Joe Martin on Iron, Show, Resurrection. Iron Resurrection Show on Velocity Channel. And it's funny whenever DJ comes up, like whenever there's a problem, they're like, ah, we don't know what to do. Go find DJ. And like DJ, like, you know, pops out like Mr. Deeds, like, good evening. You know, how, how can I help? And just figure something out. And I guess uh, Joe's pretty funny because Joe's like, man, that kid's an old soul. He knows a lot of shit like that. Nobody knows. So he's uh, definitely has a unique skill set. That he does. All right. Ready, ready, John? Let's do it. Fire it up. This is a fun one. All right. Hey, Power Athletes, Stephen Watson calling in to cool off the hotline. I'm a square body fan and a fan of 
people being better people. And along those lines, I feel like after the, uh, I believe it was Paul Carter maybe discussion where uh, I think John was talking about not really wanting to talk to people about his opinions to impress them. I feel like there's some room to talk about a couple of concepts of along the lines of thoughts versus opinions. If that guy had asked for your thoughts on a subject, would you be more inclined to answer some questions? And also along the lines of the words impress and inspire, because we should all be living a life that tries to lead and inspire somebody, maybe a lot of people, probably should be a lot of people. And those are kind of important things. The, uh, you know, the ability to do things that other people want to emulate, be a way to live your life a way that other people want to emulate. And at what point are, is it your actions that inspire people? And what, when is it your words and your thoughts that inspire people? So there's a whole lot to, uh, to use one of John's terms, there's a whole lot to unpack right there. So there you go. Start unpacking. Bye. Well, thanks, Steve, from Off-Road Design, from calling in and leaving a excellent kind of a question in a lot of ways on the hotline. Um, for all for all intents and purposes, I stole the term unpack from Rob Wolf. Whenever I'd hit Rob with a question, he'd be like, ooh, that's a lot to unpack. And I always liked it because in a lot of ways, uh, whenever you get these questions, it's like somebody dropping a suitcase, you know, right on top and being like here. And then as you unpack it, you start realizing like, oh man, there's a lot of layers to this. So um, I am paying attribution to my good friend, Rob Wolf, for using the term unpack. And you know what? To quote Rob Wolf, there is a lot to unpack in this one. Um, just for some clarity to go back on that Paul Carter deal, uh, what I was really talking about was there were different social issues that have hit us within 2021 or even before where people started demanding. What do you think about this? What's your opinion on this? Uh-huh. Demanding somehow feeling that there's a, a, you know, a sense of entitlement to know exactly where I stand on things. And uh, I think that's fucking bullshit. I don't think that anybody should demand your opinion on anything, but the, uh, the delivery and more importantly, how people communicate today has really changed. You know, there's this weird sense of entitlement where if, you know, you're a public figure and by public, I mean, having an Instagram page and posting content and having a podcast and a company that somehow people have to figure out where the barometer of the company fits within these social issues. And there's this weird sense of entitlement and demand that I just think is fucking horseshit. Well, it's how people are consuming information. If we look at, for example, the news network, it is a personality leading the show versus the delivering of what's going on. Well, the, in the world, if, if you watch the news now, it's identity politics. And that's I mean, it's, it's, what I mean. It, it's, it's, it's nothing but a whole bunch of people giving their opinions. Yes, that's uh, that's what I was yeah, referring to. I, it's, it's fucking nonsense. I mean, I, you know, like I, I throw up when I watch Chris Como. And uh, it's because like it is race baiting, it is inflammatory and it's not constructive in any way. And I find a lot of times, especially on the Internet, uh, you know, within social media, a lot of it's this virtue signaling, like allow me to present this opinion that I think you want to hear as a way for me to show you how good I am. And you know what? Like Even even on a, a smaller scale, a social scale, the for example, and I'm a fan of this guy, the one minute man from Barstool. Yeah. It, I'm not seeking out. I will consume his opinions, but I'm not saying, hey, 
Kevin, his name's Kevin. I'm not feeding him topics to say, hey, I need your opinion on this. Well, I mean, p- people do that. Like we said, people do that to Joe Rogan. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Joe Rogan thinks about this. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, you know, go, it's our consuming go, shit. Go watch his comedy skit. Um, the one thing which is interesting is if I've thought through something and when I mean unpack it, like really got to the, the bottom of something, I'll give my opinion on it. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts. Um, the one person I really respect who's done this better than anybody I've seen in a long, long time is Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. What I really appreciate about Jordan Peterson, and I'm sure there's people listening to his podcast who absolutely hate Jordan Peterson. What I found is that uh, very few people are agnostic about him where they're like, eh, I take it or leave it. Either people are like, I, I love Jordan Peterson or I think he's the Antichrist. Um, what I appreciate about Jordan Peterson is that whenever he discusses a topic, he has thought through it to such a degree and dissected it, seen it in different layers, sliced it real thin and gives a very, very interesting, well thought out, thought provoking percent, you know, like, Hey, this is my opinion. This is what I'm seeing. And if he hasn't, he won't answer it. He like, he, he he's the last dude. And if, and cause I've heard people ask him, he's like, you know, I haven't really thought through that well enough to be able to, to answer it intelligently. And I think in today's space, that is so rare because what happens is, is people answer a question and whether or not they've never even heard it, whatever, they just start talking. And uh, well, they, they feel they have to. And I, I am a fan of Peterson as well. And he has thoughts on things. And a lot of the time when he's speaking on that topic, he's done his research, but then he's interacting and exploring through this conversation with an individual. Or I like to I'd like to listen to his his thought process. So if it's a 30 or 40 minute presentation or lecture, he's taking you through his thought process and sometimes he doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. So there are just thoughts versus uh, hard opinions. I disagree. I think he knows exactly where he's going. I, I really don't think he's the type of guy who's going to stand in front of people and field these questions that he hasn't thought through. Now, he might not have thought through this exact like minutia of this piece, but I really think he understands his position because he's able to argue it and defend it from so many different places. So like if, uh, you know, he got, uh, you know, he got what, what catapulted to prom, um, you know, to, um, what was it? It had to do with, was it like pronouns? Uh huh. Yeah. In, in Canada. And I mean, how he thought through this, I mean, it's pretty, it's always been pretty good. And I, and I appreciated his book. The one that we regret was I didn't have an opportunity to hear him speak live, but, um, I just really think, and I hate saying I really think that sucks, but for me as an individual, uh, I have my opinions on things, but the problem comes down to a lot of times uh, my opinions on things are my opinions and people reaching out and demanding to know where I stand on certain things feels disingenuous to me. I'm like, why do you need to know my opinion on this? How does this help? Now, uh, if we're friends or I see you in uh, like an environment um, well, you know, I have no problem voicing my opinions, but I also come from a family of attorneys where I get real nervous about putting things like on paper, on thought, like, um, you know, because things don't always age well. So, and, and a lot of times too, whenever the uh, people are hitting you on a lot of these issues, um, they're very current, they're very fresh. How do you feel about this? And for me personally, I like to wait, I like to see how things age. Uh, I know how like a, my initial opinion might not be the best one or it might be, but I'd like to see how things age. Um, you know, like in, and especially with all of 20 and 21, I mean, from everything from like, 
you know, from uh, lockdowns to Black Lives Matter to what we've seen with like, you know, the way the media portrayed, um, you know, Donald Trump versus Biden. I mean, all of this stuff, it was so inflammatory in how it's being presented uh, that it doesn't benefit anybody to have extreme opinions until you see how this stuff plays out. And I think all too often everybody wants to run, you know, they, they see the, the melee, they see the fray and they want to enter right into it. Whereas I kind of, I want to take a little bit of a stroll and see how things age. And more importantly, really just kind of understand the nuance. And a lot of times it takes a long, long time to understand that. So, um, I think history will be really interesting on how it's remembered, especially for this time period. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite I would call it idea. And this is from Dogma, the movie Kevin Smith wrote. And yep. hear me out where Chris, I'm a big Dogma fan. Yeah. Chris Rock is aiming to explain religion and where man got it wrong versus God. Again, these are fictional characters sure. in, in in this this battle between good and evil and how Rock explains it. He explains there's a difference between beliefs and ideas. People go to war over beliefs. People die over beliefs. They will die on this hill for this belief. But then ideas, ideas can be discussed. We can be on either side of an idea, but have a formal argument to present our side and aim to change minds or show the other side of things, whether it's empathy or sympathy. Ideas are in a, uh, allow us to have change and grow as individuals Versus beliefs where I refuse to listen to you because I have this belief. Well, we're, we're seeing this all too often where no longer are we allowed to have intelligent conversations. No longer are we allowed to associate people that disagree with us. That now if you don't agree with me, you are the antichrist. You are this evil person that has to be fucking stomped out and destroyed. And to me, that's extremely like dangerous. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, you know, freedom of speech is somebody who has an opinion different than yours being able to voice it. And, you know, for the same reason, I can think that you're an asshole. Like, uh, you know, just because your opinion differs from mine, um, I don't have the right for you not to have that opinion. Now I have the right to think you're an asshole. And more importantly, I have to think that I have the right to think that you're wrong, but you still have the right to believe what you want to believe. Um, and I think with what gets dangerous is when there's this kind of mob mentality where if you don't believe what I believe, then you have to be attacked, eviscerated and uh, fucking canceled. Uh, at all costs, and I think that's extremely dangerous. Um, and I, I really think it comes down to intelligence. I think the uh, the more intelligent an individual is, the more ideas you can entertain that aren't yours. So like mm -hmm. I always think about, um, you know, obviously I'm a, like to believe myself as a, a rhetorician, a modern rhetorician, but a big part of rhetoric and a, and, and a big part of argument, especially when you go back and you look at the historical implications of it, for you to effectively argue against something, you have to accept their idea to understand it. So I don't have to accept it, but I, in my mind, I have to say, okay, do I understand the position in which this person's fighting from? Do I understand their argument from their side? Have I dissected their argument? Can I see it? Do I have the empathy to understand why they feel the way they do? And more importantly, the side of the argument that they're on. And then once I can absorb that and once I can understand it, then it allows me to argue against it. And the problem comes down to in today's society, and this was this came from the uh, Coddling the American Mind, which if you guys haven't read, please, please go read it because it puts a lot of this stuff in light. 
you know, the age old when, you know, Steven and who's older than me, we grew up, it was sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Except when you fast forward to today where we have felt that, you know, the words are more importantly, people's thoughts and ideas cause me stress and stress is harmful. So now words are weapons and can destroy me. And because your words cause me to be stressed and upset, now I have to shut you down because that is potentially harmful to me. And it's, it's, uh, you know, like we've talked about on this podcast before, the one that always blows my mind, um, you'll hear stories of cyberbullying and kids committing suicide. And I'm like, as a parent, like at which point do you just unplug the internet and be like, you don't have social media. I'll send you a school that doesn't have this stuff. And I think that's a pretty interesting, and, and I, I know that's a really funny, simplistic way of looking at it, but like if you went to a desert island, you didn't have it, then all of a sudden that doesn't exist. But um, the ways that kids can bully it are really pretty awful. Um, I, I just saw this recently where like kids will, you know, start um, like dummy accounts and post memes and all this. And like, I don't know how you combat it. I mean, the way I would do it is I'd be like, I'd start my own account and battle against them and bully them back. But I don't know if that's a, if that's how you, you know, are allowed to teach your kids how to do this stuff anymore. I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, I, but I, I, it's just become this really interesting thing where people start demanding to know your position on things. Um, I always go back to the, the age old, what was it? Seneca, you know, don't argue about what a great man or what a good man is. Just be a good man. I think people inherently know what is good and I think they know what's right. And what's interesting is we have such a perversion and such a subvert, like a, just this like complete blurring of the lines of what is right and wrong. And you know, people should have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. People should be able to live the life that they want. They should be able to, you know, date who they want, sleep with who they want. Like they should be able to have all of those things. People should be able to live their lives impeded. Now, you don't need my uh, co-signing. You don't need my uh, validation of your life. If if you want to do something and that makes you happy, why do you need me to okay it? Why do you need for me to think it's right? Um, you know, and, um, uh, you know, like, Hey, marry who you want to marry, but I'll just give an example. Uh, gay marriage, for example, should gay, gay people have the right to be married? Yes. 100%. They should have the right to be married. Uh, you know, and they say it's a religious thing. Well, if it was just a religious thing, then why do I have to buy a marriage license? The minute that you get the government involved, it's no longer just a religious thing. Now, are there people on the other side who view, you know, that, uh, marriage is between a man and a woman and gay marriage is wrong? Yes. There are people that think that now, do they affect anybody, same sex, you know, gay couples getting married? No, they still have the right. Those people have the right to dislike it and you have the right to be married. Okay, great. Two people have different opinions. Hey, I don't think this is right. Well, that that's fine. That's not going to stop me from, from marrying who I want to marry and being able to live my life. So I think what's weird is we have this feeling that everybody has to accept everything that we have to somehow browbeat and cancel and, you know, and say that these people that, you know, don't agree with gay marriage are evil people. No, they're not. It just happens that what they believe in does not coincide with what you believe in. Uh, I'm sure there are people listening to this podcast that have different political views than I do. And I've never necessarily voiced my political views. Um, but if you guys are curious, uh, I think, um, that the two party system is extremely broken. 
Uh, I think that we've been manipulated by, um, you know, our elected leaders to believe that we need a two party system. Do I think do I follow a more libertarian idea that we need less big government that I think that uh, uh, most of these problems are manufactured? And more importantly, the people that they're presenting for us to be able to be the leaders of this country are fucking broken candidates that neither of the individuals I've seen in recent time are able to do this job. Um, do I think that a country of 330 million people of so many different race creeds, mottos and, and, you know, everything is extremely difficult to lead. Yeah. We don't have a homogeneous society. Like, so that's whenever you hear like, uh, people being like, Oh, look at Denmark, look at Sweden, look at these. I mean, these are homogeneous societies. Like people are pretty much the same. I mean, America is this massive melting pot of different religions and, you know, massive countries. So there's going to be a lot of issues. Uh, is there a right solution? No, I don't have one. Um, but I can tell you though, the direction we're going isn't the correct one, but I don't know exactly what the solution is. So, you know, the people be like, well, if you don't like it, then that's a cop out. Well, I have a, I, I have the right to disagree and to not like the candidates that we being, that, that we are being presented. The fact that we get to choose between two is bullshit. I mean, look at other countries. So they'll have like 13 different candidates from different parties and have radically different ideas. Our candidates are about the same, you know? So, uh, I also think that where we get into trouble is when we start abandoning humanity for ideology. And we've talked about this numerous times. And this idea of ideology is so dangerous. I mean, this is how, you know, millions of people get executed. I mean, look at what's happening in terms of ethnic cleansing. I mean, like uh, in Africa and different parts of the country. I mean, shit, they'll go in. And, I mean, we, we were talking about this on... Um, uh, with the guys from Drinking Bros, that what like in Thailand and like Laos, like there was what like uh, you know one third of the population. nation's population. Yeah, it was executed, mm-hmm. and then they different- ran out of bullets, so they were empowering people to turn on their neighbors. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, but like that stuff happens because people buy into ideology instead of being like, "I'm a fan of humanity. These people are humans. These are our neighbors. They deserve to be treated differently." And I, I think that's an issue, too, we run in all too often, especially with, um, you know, individuals like I think as long as things are far off in the in, in, in the, the, the the telescope, it's easy to make these observations like all these people that I don't know have a different belief. I don't like them when all of a sudden they become your neighbors. All of a sudden it's dramatically different because, you know, them in a social environment, you know, them as your neighbors. And, you know, I mean, I, I like my next door neighbor, uh, you know, if he has a different political view than me at the end of the day, he's still my neighbor and we're still going to be friendly, but it, it's, uh, it, it becomes, and may, maybe this has been a problem too, where, you know, the, the country's become so big that people don't know their neighbors, you know, and then you add things like quarantine where mm-hmm. people are all of a sudden nervous of their neighbors and mass and the whole deal. And it's probably exasperated it. I can loop this back into strength and conditioning, John, please do. All right. This goes to power ethic methodology and a decision we made a long time ago to be a principle based methodology versus a philosophy. Mm-hmm. And if we look at these two things, our thoughts aiming our principles, we have biology principles, overload, reversibility and things that occur through our experience and understanding of applying programs to the body. And then we have more coaching principles individuality of how we're going to communicate your preferred learning style, your anthropometrical ratios, uh, a specificity. We have a specific setup and execution that we're going to coach some more of principles in line with how we want to see things ex- executed. 
but in line with the biology. And these combine to have our, our power athlete methodology versus a philosophy where Wellborn's getting in there and with his philosophy of move the dirt. No, 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 no. Well, I know, just uh, hold the, on. So yeah, yeah. where coaches that are very popular on the social media and people are looking to them for their philosophy and opinion, that those are the false prophets where yeah. coaches that don't understand the, the principles or they haven't the experience applying these rules they lean to those philosophies and that that um, that aiming to inspire versus sounds strength and conditioning principles programs and then coaching the athletes up on the fundamentals to be expressed in whatever their goal might be. The reason being is people will always defer to magic. There's this idea that uh, you know there's it, it's not what it seems and that there has to be something a deep layer and we see it in nutrition we see it in strength and conditioning we see it within performance we see it within just about everything the more complexity that you add to something and the more you kind of tint it the more people get excited by it like uh, you know we've seen it all the time with diets that hey you know like there's magic foods in this at the end of the day it looks like calorie balance it looks like um, you know balancing energy expenditures. Uh, if you want to get stronger in the weight room, there's no magic movements, progressive overload, consistency, being able to, you know, constantly add more weight to the bar until the point you when you can't, and then you have to get a little more creative. There's no magic in that. Um, you know, Milo's bowl uh, and the story from, you know, Milo, as he grew up, he picked up the young calf and as the calf grew and he grew, he still picked it up. I mean, that is probably one of the greatest, um, you know, analogies for strength. I mean, uh, you know, with strength conditioning and something that I disliked is there was always a lot of like a uh, black box. There was always this idea of like, well, you can't see behind the curtain. And I always thought that was bullshit. Um, in academia and in and within school, I mean, everything was all laid out. Everybody had the same information to look at and how you applied it was on you. I think what happened all too often, what I disliked about strength conditioning and why we started this was there was this idea of like, here's all my information hidden behind the paywall and there's this magic and I'm somehow the, you know, the fucking magician that's going to guru. Yeah. The guru that's going to, you know, allow you to reach your level. And I think that's just disingenuous. Um, and I know in today, this is kind of weird to say, but, uh, if you really want to know my opinion on something, call me on the phone and talk to me. Or is that your way to give out the hotline number, John? No, it's <laughs> it, well, I mean, we, we answer it here, but it's kind of one sided. I mean, obviously we listen to a, a pre-recorded question and we answer it, but, uh, I, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Matthew McConaughey where he was like, uh, he made a funny comment where he's like, you know, um, you know, people have issues with me all the time. And, um, he goes, you know, if it was really important, they should just call me on the phone and we can discuss it. And they were like, well, what if we don't have your number? And he's like, well, then obviously we're not friends enough for you to have issues with me. Mm. And I just thought it was kind of a funny point where, you know, he had this just, you know, interesting observation where, you know, if you really know me, you have my number. And if we have a problem, you should call and talk to me about it. If you don't have my number, then we're not really friends. And why do you have a problem with me? And if you do, that's your problem, not my problem. So, you know, Stephen obviously has my number. He can uh, call and ask my opinion on things uh, for the same reason I call him up and ask his opinion on square body stuff. Uh, but a lot of times, and we, we do have some interesting training discussions. His son's a motocross rider. Uh, I've been trying to get him into some programs, help him along. But uh, I think all too often, especially in this inflammatory, just this kind of like very, very dynamite situation we've had the last couple of years, I also think people are looking for bulletin board material. 
Like that's something I've seen all too often. So somebody says something and what do they do? They screen capture it. Then they want to put it up as a way to kind of drive attention. Um, you know, I'll tell you who's really great at this Lane Norton, like uh, bio lane. If you guys follow him, Lane Norton, anybody that says anything nutrition based, that dude fucking falls on the sword. And like, I mean, to, to the point where I can't believe he's this bothered by this much stuff, or maybe that's just his uh, Instagram social media stick that he has to fight uh, every wrong. Like he's literally the Batman in nutrition. Like somebody says something crazy, they flash the fucking bio lane signal and he fucking goes in there and like writes this dissertation. I'm like, this dude must have a lot of fucking time on his hands to fight this many battles on the internet. So John, is he aiming to impress? So flexes experience or inspire others to make nutritional change. Um, I don't know if, um, if browbeating people inspires them. And the problem is, is I think you get to the point where you've just said the same thing over and over again so many times and whether or not people want to believe you is up to them. So, uh, I figured this out a long time ago. I'm not going to change anybody's opinion on the internet. The only thing I can do is provide great training, provide good direction and be a good model. You know, the age old, like, uh, you know, uh, who is it? Howard Eskin from, uh, you know, Captain America when he was like, be a good man, that thing. Like, yeah, like be a good man, take care of your family, do what you're going to do. Um, you know, support those that need it. And, um, you know, like at the end of the day, uh, all I can really do is I can only influence the people that are close to me and the people within the circle and the people that can hear this podcast. And, uh, you know, something that I always really dis well, so what always really bothered me in the NFL all too often is we used to hear, you know, this kind of holier than now, or they put people on these pedestals and then there'd always just be some like really dark shit that comes out about it. And you're like, God damn, like, uh, why is it so hard for people to, you know, just not put on the facade. And then you're like, well, is it that humans are, are flawed by definition and people are just flawed, tragic characters? Uh, I think everybody inherently knows what's right and wrong. And whether or not that they actually listen to it or they get wrapped up in certain things, uh, which I think displays it. But when you step away and you start looking at individuals, I think there's right and wrong. And I think um, you know, what we saw in 2020, especially with like the riots and the burning and all that, and then being like, well, that was people just, you know, doing what they do and they needed it. No, you don't have the right to destroy people's property. You know, you don't have the right to act like that, but you know, I'm, uh, it's just, just different times. So, um, but if you do have questions or you really, uh, you know, want to know my opinion on stuff, you can leave it here on the hotline and hopefully we answer it. Or if you really want to know something, call me on the phone. If you don't have my number, then I guess we're not really good enough friends. I did like that McConaughey. I just thought that was a great one. Oh, he's very inspirational person. Dude, he's he's a legit. He'd be a great guy to have on the podcast. I'm impressed. Well, I'm just I, dropping all of But I mean, are, are people really leaving? Like, this is another one. Are people really being honest? Or are they just saying what they think will impress other people? In what respect? A dude like McConaughey who writes a book? I don't think, I think he from the book. I think he's trying to inspire maybe in the I beginning think, of his career. I don't was, think Matthew McConaughey gives a shit if, but, if, if people like or dislike. I, I, I but look be, at the difference in his career in the beginning. I believe he had to impress to create opportunities now that he's solidified his talents within our 
society, then now he's in a position to inspire. Did you hear him? I, I heard him on a podcast and uh, he was talking about like his journey in, in, in Hollywood and how he got parts. And this was like, he's like, it's been an amazing journey. Every part I auditioned for, I got. And like, it was pretty interesting to hear his experience in Hollywood compared to like everybody else. It's pretty, I mean, that guy is born under a lucky star for that. I mean, everything's just been very fortuitous for him. But I, I always wonder, especially too, with, um, you know, what you see on social media. And this is where you get into this idea of virtue signaling. Like I, like I'll, I'll see, uh, you know, like the, uh, you know, the age old, like dude on the, you know, like somebody's taking a picture of, you know, the dude on the cell phone posing in front of the Lamborghini. It's like putting in work or something, you know, is usually side hustle. Side side hustle. hustle so hard. Oh, that yeah. your main hustle becomes your side hustle and your side hustle becomes your main hustle. And to me, it's just disingenuous. Like, I, I, like you're never going to see me, you know, over there posting pictures, be like, look at my brand new car. I'll be like, no, here's my 35 year old piece of shit, rusty pickup truck that I'm really excited about. Steve, Steve. Uh, but I mean that Lamborghini, it's impressing somebody that to buy their product, whatever the whatever the hell they're trying to sell. Uh, to me, uh, a Lamborghini isn't a mark of success. It's not. So then, John, what would be uh, a mark of success for you? What would be a marker of success? Uh, I'd be more interested to see like what their library looks like. Like what books are they reading? Um, you know, like what uh, what adventures that they've had? Like what places they've seen? Um, I actually had a interesting talk with my mom the other day. Um, uh, so my dad just passed away. It was, uh, we just hit the third year anniversary of my dad passing away. And as I was talking to my mom, uh, we were just, you know, talking about my dad and, uh, I had an interesting observation, uh, when he was going through his chemo, um, at the end of his life, I remember I was sitting in there, we were just kind of just sitting around just, you know, awful deal. And I remember asking him like, Hey, is there anything that you want to do? Is there anything left on your bucket list? trying to give him this idea of like, Hey, here's some things that we could do together. Like this idea of like, Hey, there's, you still have fight left in you. There's still things to accomplish. And as we went through things on his bucket list, they were all things that he had done before. So every one of them, everything on his bucket list was was things that he had done before, except he wanted to take us with him to do it. Ooh, nice. So he had, um, he had gone on it. My dad was a big guy and a big Rotarian. So he was big in rotary. And for our listeners that don't know what Rotary is, John, can you please? Uh, Rotary is a service group. So it's kind okay. of a charity service group, um, usually business owners. And uh, my dad was always big in Rotary, actually started his own Rotary Club, Sunset Rotary Club in uh, Palos Verdes. And he was their first president and was just, you know, had been a Rotarian for 30 some years, 40 years. And he uh, he got hooked up with these Rotary guys that uh, did all these ex- uh, diving, scuba diving all over the world. And so I asked him, he's like, oh, I'd love to take you guys back to the Galapagos. We went swimming with these like giant turtles and got to see this. And he goes, I'd really like to take you and your mom and your brothers and let you guys see it. Then we went in and he's like, oh, the seeing the, you know, the pyramids in Giza was so amazing. I really wish you guys were there. And he went through all of these things that he had done. And his bucket list was just to take us with him so that we could all share it. And I had this interesting observation. It wasn't um, you know, uh, the Porsches I drove or the Rolexes or the cases I did this or the suits or there was no discussion of anything material. And I realized on, on, uh, you know, we, we get so wrapped up in this materialistic idea of things like, what do I have to acquire? You know, what do my suits look like? What, you know, what watch am I wearing? And on your deathbed, 
None of that shit matters. All that matters is that the people that were, that you loved, that you were close with are there at your side. So you were a good person for them to be there with you. So you treated them well. You didn't drive them away. You were the person that they needed you to be. And the experiences that you had, not just with yourself, but with the, with your loved ones. So like, that was really impactful for me, um, sitting there and being like, okay, so on your deathbed, what's the marker for success? Oh man, I took a picture outside of a white Lamborghini with a cell phone putting in work. No, it's fucking bullshit. Uh, you know, we have a picture over there on my wall. We had my dad on the podcast. Episode 300. Yeah. Episode 300. And, um, just being able there to have that opportunity. But you know, the, the years I had with him were, were great. And I still enjoy, you know, all the, you know, you guys hear me quote my dad constantly. And all of those were never as like, Hey John, here's some thoughts to think. It was always things just within passing. So as I have kids and, you know, I'm married and have a good family, um, you know, that idea of, you know, having those opportunities and those memories with my kids so that on my deathbed, instead of being like, here's all the things on my bucket list that I want to redo with you guys, we could sit there and be like, you remember we did this? Remember we saw the pyramids at Giza when we did this adventure and we could talk about all the good times. And, you know, and then at the end of the day, uh, after I'm gone, I hope my kids tell crazy stories about their dad, you know, being like, dude, we moved to the middle of Texas. My dad built this big building and they had weights and his friend showed up and he used to just murder these block one dudes with all this crazy shit he built. And like they had a <laughs> Let us talk shit to yeah. them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we got to do fun stuff. And, um, I think like that to me is more impactful. Like the, uh, you know, like the adventures that you have, like when, you know, Steven invites us to go on the uh, ultimate adventure with him, uh, like that type of adventure we get to go on. Like, those are the things to me that are meaningful where, you know, it's something that not everybody gets to do. You got to build something epic and then the chance you get to drive it and see if you can fuck it up and break it. And if you do, there's a whole bunch of people around to fix it. So, um, I feel forever very grateful uh, for the life I've led up into this point. Um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, my mom and dad stayed married for, you know, 50 some years. I got a chance uh, to get a scholarship and go to Berkeley, you know, and, um, you know, work on those two degrees and then get a chance to go play 10 years in the NFL and all the amazing adventures and, and friendships that I've created out of that. And now the last 10 years of my life, you know, getting married, having three kids, living in different places, having different adventures. And, uh, you know, I always think like if we looked up and there was a big asteroid coming towards earth, would I feel like I'd missed out on anything or was there anything I didn't get to do? No. Uh, but there's so much more to do. And I think a big part of this deal is, um, and I'll work this back to strength, conditioning, nutrition, and performance training is making sure that you are physically fit and mentally fit enough to be able to have these journeys into your seventies and eighties. Um, you know, if I live to be a hundred, I could probably not get everything done, but I'm going to continue to lift weights. I'm going to continue to train. I'm going to get my blood work done. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to do all the little things that I know to do so that I have the best opportunity to make it as far as I can. You know, my dad passed away at 80, but I don't ever think my dad ever thought about what he ate. Like when we would go to a restaurant, my dad would order probably the least unhealthy thing. Ooh, there's a uh, huge pork butt, you know, like just so weird as shit. I'd be like, God, I would have never fucking ordered that. <laughs> he would eat, man. He loved to eat crazy foods and uh, he didn't necessarily exercise. So, I mean, he made it to 80 without worrying about a single, like never once thinking about what he ate, never really exercising. I think I got a good chance to make it a little bit farther. 
So um, I just hope I have uh, nearly the the life he had and nearly the impact he had. Um, and I, you know, for the same reason, I tell my kids every day how excited I am to be their parent. I'm so excited to be your dad. I'm so excited to see, to see where you guys go on this journey, where you guys go to school, where you go to college, the lives you become, the the adults you grow up into. I'm so excited to see what uh, what happens with them. And just like with Power Athlete and the people that listen to the podcast, the fact that uh, through Power Athlete, you know, not only the information resource of the training programs and the education and the podcasts and the symposiums and all the things that we've done, the, the network of individuals and the people that I call family and friends has grown exponentially. And so it's, um, it's, it's pretty impactful for me, the fact that we get to do this. Um, and I guess the job of all this stuff is to inspire, never to impress. And that's why if you look at our social media or you look at my social media, I'm never posting any of my stuff. It's not like, hey, here's my new watch or here's my car or here's my house. Like to me, that's just I feel like it's disingenuous. Well, sometimes it's the pig you killed. <laughs> yeah, I uh, but but you got to remember the reason I'm posting that is because it's so insane. The fact that it's like the middle of the night and I'm using like night vision to basically shoot this stuff is like it's pretty funny. Oh, it's inspiring me to get some night vision. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid, but we're at 475 episodes, John. Wow, 475 episodes. And we're just getting started. I know. I love it. The magic just keeps rolling. That's right. And great question. We encourage you guys to get philosophical on yeah. us and let John flex his Rhetorian muscles. Uh, well, Rhetorian, more like uh, my rhetorician muscles. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's or probably it. My rhetorical muscles. Yeah. So, and if you guys are into 73 through 87 Chevy trucks and you don't know who off-road design is, you guys have been living in a cave. Maybe we could reach out. Maybe ORD would be interested in sponsoring this podcast. Oh, well, we talk enough about trucks and it, (laughs) I mean, his part, he's got my lift kit up there. So we're good. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Steven asked and answered, feed us more. And if you out there, Power Athlete Nation, have a question for us, strength, nutrition, philosophy, John, how do they get a hold of us? You can reach out to the hotline at 929-464-464. 929-ing-ing-0. And, uh, you know, I get hit up with with DMs almost every single day on Instagram. So at John Wellborn, uh, if if it's a good one, I'll usually answer it. If it's not, I'll just... Let it sit. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach out on Instagram. And uh, if we're good friends, you can always call and text me. And there you have it. All right, Power Athlete Nation. Until next time. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!